0: In 2013, the fires in Australia.
1: Mm. You made
0: an excellent reportage, you know, photographic also uh, register of what was happening already then uh, that was so critical. And just now in the last three years, we started paying really attention as, you know, the international community, governments have started to pay attention to, to, to the inevitability of, of what we are witnessing. So can you tell us a little bit, what was your idea then what led you to, to focus on that?
1: Sure. Um, well, the, the idea behind the project to start with um, was that we were looking for a very powerful story to help launch um, Guardian Australia. We were opening, as you know, the Guardian, you know, is, is based in the UK, the main office, the head office is in London. Um, but we also have a very substantial organization in the United States, based in New York. And we were launching a similar um, operation based in Australia, which would allow the Guardian to have basically kind of 24-hour, uh, you know, coverage around the world. Um, and so we were launching um, Guardian Australia. We were looking for a very strong story to do that, uh, to kind of sh- show to Australia, hey, you know, this is, this is what we can do. This is what the Guardian can do. Um, and it was the, the year of those devastating wildfires um, in Australia. And it was also a year when Australia broke multiple, I think more than 100 different climate records were broken in Australia that year. Um, And so we were looking for um, a a story, a very strong human story um, that would allow us to tell uh the bigger story of of climate change the climate crisis in in australia um and eventually we found it um, we found the story of this family um in a small township in tasmania which is a small island off the coast uh, of australia that was devastated by fires that year uh, and um the fact the story of the family essentially was of was of um Two parents who had left their children with their grandparents while they had they had to leave town for a few days and they'd left the um, they'd left their children with these grandparents um, on the day that this 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 devastating fire. Uh, swept into this this small township called Dunalley um and we managed to persuade uh and, the, and the, the the grandfather took the most extraordinary pictures he he took pictures of the whole family the grandparents and the grandchildren and the dog um, sheltering in the water kind of up to their neck in water almost and on the jetty uh protecting themselves from the from this fire which completely destroyed their home and the grandfather took these pictures to show to 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 text them to the kids' parents to to tell the parents that everybody was okay they were in the water they would survive etc. But they were really uh, exceptional pictures and and they really grabbed everybody's imagination. And we thought that if we could tell the story of that of what happened to that family on that day, uh, and 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 weave through it. the the bigger story about climate change and the climate crisis in Australia, we'd have a very powerful story. Um, And that's what we ended up with. We managed to persuade the family to talk to us. Um, We were quite pleased because once we got out there, we learned that they had turned down requests from Oprah Winfrey and Ellen DeGeneres to talk to them (laughs) on the big US talk shows, but they were happy to talk to us. Uh, I think because they also appreciated the um, you know the 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 approach that we were taking, which was not to sensationalise it, you know, and we really wanted to use their story to tell the bigger story, and they appreciated that. Um, and it is a hell of a big story. I mean, it's a it, it's a massive story. Just to give one example, um, you know, it used to be thought in Australia that if you had 50 metres of bare ground around a building. Um, that building would be safe. A fire would not cross fifty meters of, of bare ground. Um, but Australia is now seeing um, record high temperatures, record low humidity, and record strong winds to such an extent that the kind of the the organic matter in the soil is becoming combustible, um, and bare ground will now burn in parts of australia which is terrifying and this fire far from you know being deterred by 50 meters of bare ground this fire leapt across like two kilometers of water um, at its height it was burning so strongly and the wind was so strong uh, so we thought that was a you know that was a story worth telling
0: Indeed, and they were using um, smartphones, actually, to, to photograph, right? And uh, I remember you mentioning, too, uh, that you are very keen on using social media, uh, new technologies, right? Um, and I noticed that a lot of journalists from the beginning, from the start, they started using social media. Tell us a little bit about your take on using Twitter as a crowdsourcing type of uh, uh, tool for covering uh, for reporting
1: yes i mean i i think it's i think social media is can be a tremendous asset for journalists. Um, it's obviously not our only tool. It's not the only tool we have in our box, and I think people we, you know, we need to be very careful uh, not to treat it like that. We have a very, you know, there's a very old saying in in, in journalism that you should never quote taxi drivers, uh, and I think the danger with social media sometimes is that it becomes It can become a kind of a, you know, Twitter, for example, can become a kind of giant collective taxi driver, if you like. Um, But if you use Twitter properly um, and, you know, you can really it can really serve your purpose. And I did um, at around about the same time as that Australian sort of five, six years ago, um, I did a whole series of, of, of reporting trips in southern Europe, mainly, particularly in Greece. Uh, at the at the height of the uh, of the financial and economic crisis, there uh, that we're using Twitter to uh, to meet people basically, um, and the idea was, you know, that a lot of reporting of the crisis in Greece, for example, um, you know, was w- w- was very dry. It was based on figures and facts and figures and numbers and percentages, um, and we really want we wanted to sort of. Get to the people behind those numbers, um, and and not just talk to politicians and analysts and and, and what have you. And so, um, what we did was, I I mean, I basically appealed to people on Twitter, uh, particularly to Greek people, um, and I and I I straight up asked them, you know, if you feel strongly about this crisis, um, you know, are there stories that? What are the stories that I should be telling? Who are the people that I should be meeting? Where should I go um, to really be able to tell this story properly? Um, and people responded massively. It was a it was a really really successful um, series of, of stories. It was quite exhausting uh, because you're kind of plugged in, you know, plugged in twenty four hours a day almost. Um, but I but I was you know I was in Greece for the particular one that I did in the first one that I did in Greece. I was there for about ten days, and I got more stories. More good stories in ten days using Twitter and that kind of snowball effect um, you know by of, of contacting people uh, and uh, who had large Twitter followings in Greece um, and were tweeting a lot about the financial crisis and I contacted them and I said, "If you think this is, project is a good idea, please retweet me and almost all of them did. Um, and as a result of that, I had hundreds of people effectively kind of working for me um, and uncovering stories and finding people, uh, you know, that, that it would have taken me months to get hold of um, working in a, in a traditional way. So, I, you know, I'm not saying that it's the be all on the end all. And you really need, obviously, to um, kind of maintain your, your journalistic judgment. Uh, twitter and bear in mind always that twitter is is not the real world you know only a very quite a small percentage of people are on twitter and it can be quite easy to get the impression that that is a representative view it really isn't so you need to keep your kind of objectivity and stand back and say you know is this a fair representation of what i'm getting um but if you have a particular um, you know, audience or, 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 or group of people that you're trying to contact um, and speak to, uh, then yes, I mean, that social media can be a fantastic tool as a, as a journalist.